we are going to be changing tact for a moment or so and discussing and previewing the Tour de France as there has been huge news coming from Tipperary man Sam Bennett who has dropped out of this year's Tour de France. Of course, we all remember him going through the Champs-Élysées, winning the green jersey as he managed to do in incredible fashion. And unfortunately for Sam Bennett, he has stated he is suffering from a knee injury. Well, that's what he's saying. It is unfortunately being questioned by his team manager, who states that he is actually indeed suffering from a fear of failure. A mental issue is ultimately the question of his team manager, uh, Patrick Leferve. And to discuss this, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by former pro cyclist Jay Daly. Jay, a very good afternoon to you and many thanks for taking our call. Good afternoon. Great to chat to you again. Just uh, a very interesting story. Uh, I interact with Sam a lot on Instagram. And to be fair, Sam hasn't given much away. He's been playing cards very close to his chest. Um, I think the bigger picture here is that Sam, Sam wants to change teams. He's not entirely happy with the setup at the moment with Patrick Patrick Lefebvre. And also, Mark Cavendish is in his probably final season, and Lefebvre was banking on Cavendish to also ride a tour. And in cycling, you don't bring two sprinters to a grand tour, you bring one and one only. Personally, I think Lefebvre is putting this notion out in the media that Sam was fear and failure. I don't believe for one second that Sam fears failure. Any man that won two stages last last year in the Tour de France and won the Green Jersey certainly doesn't fear failure. Yes, Sam did have, even apart in the injury, he had a problem that I recall it's probably an overuse injury from a, pre, from a pre-Tour de France training camp, which probably has affected his build-up. But my, my reading of it is, and this is my own personal reading of it, that Sam did actually want to ride the Tour and Lefebvre, at the end of it, wanted Cavendish because Cavendish can surpass Eddie Merckx's record for Grand Tour stage wins. And then put that into mix then the contractual wangling that's going on between Sam and the team. Lefebvre, I think, has used this as a bit of a small screen. Now, that's my own personal take on it. That's quite fascinating, uh, Jay, considering, you know, it has been an issue with Sam Bennett's knee. He was stated to have hit his knee on the handlebars while training and he sat out the Belgian tour due to that pain. But you mentioned there as well, Mark Cavendish is also on his team. In terms of the cohesion and chemistry within a cycling team, does it make it difficult for a manager to organise and, I suppose, prepare two top-name sprinters in one setup? Well, it doesn't want not 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 in one set because there, there are so many races. But each Grand Tour lasts in three weeks. You bring one sprinter. The same way um, a team going through GC will bring one team leader and then stack their team with with, with climbers to pick them in the mountains and stronger riders to pick them in, in, in the flats. And what we've seen previously, um, if you look back to uh, Chris Froome days with um, Bradley Wiggins in Tour de France. Froome was a stronger rider, had to sacrifice the Tour de France to literally let Bradley Wiggins win. So bringing two leaders to a Grand Tour historically has almost been in tears. You go back to the time, I'm going back now to the time of the 80s with 
and Bernardino Greg Le Monde in a tour in 85 Le Monde the better rider should have won the tour but had sacrificed himself for, for Hino and that team was never the same after that so Lefebvre was never ever going to bring two sprinters to the tour he made a call and his call was Cavendish probably would think the thought of well Cavendish is in his last year he got a chance to, to equal or surpass A. Merckx's record for Grand Tour stage wins and Sam still has another five tours with him and is carrying a niggle of an injury. I believe Sam could have ridden his tour um, at 90% and still won a stage. Defend the green jersey? Probably not. But look, Lefebvre made a call that that's why he's in the hot seat. Just to clarify for our listeners, the comments made by the team manage, manager Lefebvre, he stated that after hitting his knee, he was told to rest by the team and behind our backs, he turns out to have gone to a physiotherapist in Monaco who said he could train better. Some kind of miracle man. You know that. It's a shame that a 30-year-old guy doesn't dare to tell the truth. With the exception of Julian Alaphilippe, we had built the whole squad around him. So Cavendish takes his place. It's what you've been stating there, Jay. It seems like there is one clear favourite. And how unprecedented is it for a team manager to ultimately out his star sprinter, former Tour de France Green jersey winner just last year, to the entire waiting public and question his own mentality? Yeah, basically what Lefebvre's done here, he's done a he's done a classic Jose Mourinho press conference and he's thrown his star player or slash rider firmly under the bus. Ultimately, Sam Bennett would be riding for another team next year. That relationship with Pat Lef- Patrick Lefebvre is broken. So next season, you would definitely see Sam Bennett in new colours. No question about it. Should it be questioned by Sam Bennett why he hasn't prepared himself with another team sooner, waiting far too late into the season to meet up with another team? Because surely there would be no lack of potential suitors wanting the Tipperary rider on their team. In, in cycling, the the, the 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 contract the contract obligation runs calendar year until December thirty first. So, fractures or not, Sam couldn't Sam could not change teams mid season. It's not like in football or sports where there's a giant transfer window and you, you can be sort of transferred. There's no actual transfer fee between teams when when a rider leaves. So so essentially, if Sam has say for argument's sake, you've got a year left in your contract and you want to leave and your team doesn't want to leave well then the team you're going to would have to pay out a large portion of the contract to get you but there's no actual transfer fee so essentially Sam has to stay with that team contractually until the end of the year there's no way out until the end of the year that's just how it's going to be Even in the comments that Patrick Lefebvre has made about Mark Cavendish he said expectations are not too high he's not 30 years old anymore he is pleased he is as nervous as if he was riding his first race in the juniors if he doesn't win everyone will think it's normal if he wins everyone will put him on a throne is this bizarre uh, for a manager to speak I suppose uh, and belittle his own uh, members of his team because he seems to hold in reverence all he has done for Sam Bennett and stated that if he does leave the team after everything he has done for him, it kind of shows the marker of the man. These are quite bizarre comments, but within pro cycling, Jay, 
you'd have an insight is this normal is this something that we're not getting a way of playing the media trying to get some kind of interest towards the team in the build up to a huge tournament yeah cycling is at that level and and even even at elite elite level in in Ireland it's very very cutthroat like I I went through a stage where I changed I changed teams every year for five seasons in a row I had more I had more clubs and teams than pretty Tiger Woods so that's just the nature of the beast in cycling it's a very what have you done for me lately and even when a a rider is at at the top of his game he might have three or four months of bad performances into the season then the team will come along and say listen we're not near your contract go elsewhere and all of a sudden the rider comes in December and all of a sudden he's he's out of a job and the season starts in February and he's left scratching around trying to find a new team that's just the nature of cycling I know our listeners and I, I prefer don't follow cycling as much as I do and it's not covered as much in the, the, the pop in the, in the mainstream media but it is very cultural it's dog eat dog and that's just the way it is in the sport and you know if, if you're a pro rider at that level you, you go into it, you go into it with, with open eyes a team, a team manager will get rid of you as fast as he'll throw a cup of coffee down the sink the team managers don't care that's just how it is incredibly bizarre way of kind of treating uh, younger athletes and we see more and more you mentioned Jose Mourinho his style his cutthroat nature seems to only follow with kind of the failure that has been the recent trajectory of Mourinho's career but it seems to be taken as the norm is there an opportunity maybe for Sam Bennett to find a, a more supportive team and would you suspect there would be one looking out for him come December 31st as you mentioned the contracts are year on year so he will be looking quite hopefully come December for some new compa- new teammates yeah listen Sam, Sam Bennett will walk into any of the top the top five teams in professional cycling no question about it and they'll be happy to have him the question is he he, he, has, he has to go into a team that has the uh, enough riders to, to support him. In the, for instance, there's no point in Sam Bennett going to a team like um, Grenadiers, because that team is built around Grant Thomas and Richie Porte and riding, and riding and winning the GC in the Tour de France. When, for instance, when Mark, when Mark Cavendish rode for Sky, he didn't have a great season because the team was built around Chris Froome and Bradley Wiggins. So for deferment of Sam's career, Sam will, go, will be looking to go into a team that, that is going to literally build a team around him, winning stages in Grand Tours. He'll walk into a team, I've got no question about it. He's a, he's a, he's a quality act. Do you suspect he will go along those lines going with the UK-based team like the one that is seen there with uh, Garen Thomas uh, with Ineos Grenadiers? moving away from his current team which are Belgian based as well of course he does have Belgian connections would that be the logical step for him at this point in his career? I can't see him going to Grenadiers personally I would see more like a team like uh, Jumbo Visma uh, again a, Bel- a Belgian team that has has a history of the last 20 years I know under the sponsor changed it a couple of years but the of, of, of that team is in, now, I know they, they had to have hooks on the tour, but they've fitted their team last couple of years between winning class, winning the, the the Grand Classic one-day events, and some of which are geared for sprinters, 
and winning Grand Tours. So I'd seen possibly going to a team like, like Jimbo Visma. Just in terms of the Irish interest, there is only going to be one Irishman taking to a, the French stages this year, is Dan Martin. He was writing this week, Jay, about how it's quite bizarre being the only Irishman uh, taking to the Tour de France this year. Quite a, a unique year in terms of having so so few Irish participants, really. How do you see his tour going and in terms of his recent career? Dan Martin's best possibility of winning is going to be a stage in the, in the, in the mountains. His time, his time training ability has almost been lacking. Uh, he's never really, for me, done it at Tour de France for GC. So he's going to go into the Tour with with, with, with the objective of folks, folks now winning one Grand Tour stage. And also, the Olympic Games this year in Japan, the course is a very, very tough course and it's geared towards climbers. So he's going to have one eye on the Olympic Games also. He's expected to be riding for the Israel Startup Nation and uh, he is coming off the back of... Quite a successful enough stage at the Giro d'Italia. He won the stage 17 just there and he has had top 10 finishes in his last two Grand Tours with stage wins on both. Not one to be really excited about in terms of making it true to any sort of significant uh, podium finish. But at at the very least with no Nicholas Roach also there participating, he will have the full support of the Irish nation. He will. Uh, Nicholas, incidentally, Nicholas finished his 14th Giro in um, June. So, the, so once Nicholas rode a Giro, I think Nicholas now is 36. There's no way Nicholas was going to ride in the Tour. So Nicholas is already focusing on the Olympic Games and a strong season finish on the Vuelta. But yeah, um, see, Dan Dan Martin, he, I suppose, he never really entered the psychology of the the, the, the Irish um, sports fan. Because you know Nicholas been um, obviously Stephen's son and been very uh, likable and asked in the media. Uh, Sam, sorry Dan, I should say. Unfortunately, he hasn't really, really put himself out there to the Irish public. So cycling fans in the nation will obviously be be, be rooting for Dan. But if you ask your Irish sports fan who Dan Martin was, I doubt he could tell you. To be honest, I always find it fascinating, Jay, how these cyclists go through one of the most arduous sports that there could possibly be you know like thousands thousands of kilometres climbing along you know huge courses and yet they still have time to fill out diaries for the Irish Independent and Irish Examiner where do they get the time? Well there's actually if you look okay take you through the day you're getting up you have breakfast you you plan your case you go to the team bus you go to the race Post race, it's eat, it's massage, it's team meeting, and later you're back in your hotel room. So once the, the riders go into the hotel room, it's all about rest and recovery. So it's a race hard and recover harder. So when the guys are are, are in the hotel rooms after after stages, they're they're, they're either on they're either on their phones or the laptops or, or watching TV, and they actually do want something to psychologically take their mind off the rigors of the race. So that is why the, the tour diaries for the famous riders have, have become very, very popular because it is a race for them. That's quite fascinating. Uh, and in terms of you speaking in the past, Jay, about the change in the bikes uh, with regard to the gears, you said in comparison to your time, they've become a lot easier and it wouldn't be something that 
would have been in practice in terms of having as many gears or being as, I suppose, free with them at the time. How has that impacted upon the sport in your own uh, viewing of it? It's, 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 I'd say it has made recovery in between mountain stages a lot more effective. Recovery in the sense of if a rider is pushing, say, a low gear, a low gear being like, say, 70 revolutions per minute, for, for for forty minutes up up a mountain pass, his guys would do that three or four mountains per day. That's a lot of stress on on the quads and hamstrings and the hips and the glutes. Same rider has to go up the same mountain pass three four times, but he's pushing a higher cadence, uh, as in ninety five to hundred revs. The stress is going to be on the heart and lungs. It's removed for, from 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 one's muscles. Therefore, the, the residual fatigue over cut mountain stages that is actually less. So from the point of view of recovering between stages, which is obviously so important in, in a Grand Tour, the lighter gears are, are unquestionably the way to go because there is far less stress on one's muscles. Now, look, in a, in a stage, one is going to be extremely tired. But of course, three weeks, it, it is all about micromanaging one's energy. And any medium whatsoever that can save a rider 10 watts here, 10 watts there, over the course of a three-week tour, it all adds up. And you saw, like, last year, Tour de France, the yellow jersey changed hands on the second last day in the time trial. And, and that, that had only happened uh, once in the, in, 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 the, in the previous 30 years. So the ability to recover between stages and focus on the big picture in two, two or three days' time, that is huge. And the, the, the change in the gearing has definitely helped that. We have a text in here, Jay, from a gentleman called Mark, and he's asking whether Sam Bennett is saving himself for the Olympic Games, of course, taking place in, in just a few weeks' time. What do you make of that comment? No, he's not, because the Olympic Games course in Japan, it's a very tough course. It's made for for climbers. It's not a sprinter's course. Uh, Dan Martin would have a good chance. Uh, riders, riders like um, uh, Van der Poel, who else... Um, Alejandro Valverde, that course in the games is not geared for a sprinter by Sam Bennett, but thanks for texting in. Yes, thank you to anyone who's going to text in. It's 87 935 We will, of course, read out anything that you're going to uh, bring to us. And it's quite a fascinating talk here. We do have Jay Daly on the line previewing the Tour de France. So you are stating there how... Sam Bennett, I suppose, is going to maybe take a, a, a back seat for the next month, month or so to nurse that knee injury and try and recalibrate his own uh, sporting success and try and see where he lies into the future. Just in terms of some of the favourites for the Grand Tour itself, Jay, who would you suspect to make a name for themselves come the end of next month? Well, straight away, you, you, you've got to look at the, the two civilian chaps, uh, from last year, first and second, uh, Ponchar, sorry, the civilians, I should say, Ponchar. Um, and then they looked in at the Movistar team, uh, the, Movistar, the Movistar Spanish team have always won the team category, but they've never actually, they haven't won a Grand Tour since Miguel Indurain back in the 90s. So I think look for someone from Movistar and Austin, Geraint G- G- Thomas from uh, Grenadiers, he has won a tour, a second a tour, so the entire team is built around him. Uh, also, possibly uh, Richard Richard Carapace also is named to go for. 
Excellent stuff. Jay Daly, many thanks for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show and for that fascinating insight into the world of pro cycling. We wish you all the best and have a fantastic weekend devouring all of the weekend sports, as I'm sure you will be. Well, that was Jay Daly there giving us his thoughts ahead of the Tour de France and uh, it's going to be a real summer packed full of sport and interesting to note as well there there's the likes of uh, Sam Bennett how he has unfortunately had quite a humbling by his own team manager Patrick Lefebvre who stated that he is not actually suffering from an injury he accused Sam Bennett of lying and how he is mentally unfit to reclaim his green jersey. Jay stating there how he has a, had a quite a falling out. Jay has a, a relationship with Sam Bennett, able to discuss with him, and it does seem like he will be searching for a new team come the end of the year. Really is quite a, a bizarre story. Not so long ago, we were chatting to Jay and highlighting how important it is to have an Irishman, I suppose, do so well on the tour stage, but... Unfortunately, it looks like it'll be Dan Martin, the sole Irish representative at this year's Tour de France. Okay.